Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. So glad you guys are here with us. Hey, I did want to give you guys a quick update as well. As most of you know, Steve-O alluded to it already, but our church, uh, Hurricane Harvey, but our church has actually been supporting. We have a link online where we're receiving financial donations and everything. Just remember, 100% of your financial donations is going to directly to support uh, and aid the local relief there. We actually have some friends in the church that... Um, even one of the couples, for instance, the husband's dad is a pastor in Hampshire, which is just outside Beaumont and Port Arthur. And for the first uh, several days ago after the hurricane, they were housing and feeding over 300 plus people. So when we heard it, yeah, give him a hand. Amazing. So when we heard about it, we just thought, you know, we could send aid uh, to Houston, uh, specifically Houston or, or generally to Houston. But when we heard about that and knew these, these were people in our community that we're connected with, we just said, hey, why don't we just send them all of our support? And so we've been sending stuff to them. It's incredible. And they, they've honestly been acting kind of as a distribution center. So several of the families there are connected with multiple churches and places that they're just doing incredible work. So yesterday, even some of our staff and some of our volunteers went up to Sam's and, and we spent several thousand dollars and loaded up a U-Haul truck. And some of the volunteers this morning, uh, bright and early, I think they left at like 3 a.m., took the U-Haul truck down there. And so they're meeting, connecting with them, and distributing all these goods. So it really is amazing. And more than anything, I just want to say thank you. You guys have been a part of that. Um, you've been giving financially. You've been, uh, some of it's just physical donations. So everything we've received has already gone. So the other thing is continue to give. So everything you give to us, we'll continue to collect we're actually going to send an, another crew next week uh, to go down there and support them. So it, it's just kind of a crazy time, but it actually is amazing. You know, one of the things I've been thinking about is this. Isn't it interesting how unity can happen through tragedy? It, it's like a terrible thing is going on, and it's kind of heavy, you know. I, I, I've even just been in process the last week or two just thinking, like, what am I going to preach? <laughs> How am I going to preach? Part of me even feels guilty, like, should I focus on preaching a message, or should we just go help people? Because it's like my heart just wants to help people, and and so it's just been this weird dilemma, but it really is amazing that, that through this devastation, through this destruction, you can see people coming together, and isn't that just a picture of the church? Isn't that just a picture of God's heart? And so it's so incredible to see that. And, and I want to say this too. I, I kind of want to make a statement. This is a personal statement, but I believe the church would support this as well. God did not send that flood. You know how I know? Because he sent a flood. In the Old Testament, if you read the Bible, the story of Noah and Ark. My three-year-old son knows this story, so he's probably a little bit confused right now as to what's going on. But, but God sent a flood, but if you remember, he sent a flood to wipe out all the evil and corruption in the earth. So have you ever just considered this? I don't know if it's a fact, but I think it's good theory. Have you ever considered that one of the reasons he sent the original flood to wipe out the evil and corruption was because if he didn't, they might have wiped out humanity. So God did what he did, and he's a just God. He's a righteous God. He's a holy God. 
So he has to have an answer and a solution to evil and corruption. And that was the original answer and solution. But can I tell you what the ultimate answer and solution is and was and will always be? It's Jesus. So the reason God doesn't send natural disasters is because Jesus took all of our wrath, all of our punishment, so God doesn't need to send something like that to wipe away evil when Jesus wiped it away. Yeah, we should just give Jesus a hand. (laughs) I really do believe that, and I think sometimes the church, I want to be careful, but I think sometimes the church can be the worst at painting this unhealthy, negative picture of an amazing God who's a loving father. Would any loving father send a flood to wipe people out like that? He just wouldn't do it. It's not his heart. So I don't want us to be confused. Um, But obviously, like I said, it it is kind of a tough time. But it's such an honor. It's such an honor to play a small part. I know there's so many people doing amazing things, but it really is an honor to play a small part. And so... Thank you guys once again for everything you've done. We'll make an announcement again, but any financial donation, whether you give $1, $100, $1,000, you can get one of these t-shirts, our Texas Strong t-shirts. So if you want to do that, we'll tell you at the end of service too, but stop by guest services and we'll do that. So why don't we just pray? feels like the right thing every time. Would you guys join me? Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing. Uh, thank you for how you're moving and speaking. I thank you for this community this amazing church, and just pray you continue to pour out your grace and favor over this church and just continue to bless every single person here. I thank you more than anything today that we be challenged and encouraged, that we be inspired to to live out this Christian life. And so I just trust you, God. I lean into you and just ask you to speak and give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, as I mentioned I've been in a bit of a dilemma, and I just, can I just keep it real? Can I, is, that, is that cool? It's just, it's just where I've been at. Like I said, I've just been struggling with, Lord, like, I love to preach. I actually like to communicate. I like to teach. I feel this passion when God talks to me about stuff to want to tell other people, but I've just been wrestling, and, and it's, you know, Hurricane Harvey going on, but it's also like, feels like Hurricane Harvey at our house sometimes. Anybody else? I'm not trying to make light of the situation, but I think we all got hurricanes going on, if we're being honest. And this is just one of those weeks where my youngest son, who's one and a half years old, he gets sick. So that's always fun to have a one and a half year old that's sick and you don't always know what's going on because they can't really talk. And so they're in pain and you're frustrated and it's tense and your wife wants to help and you want to help. Everything's going on. And then our dryer goes out. So that's fun. That's really fun. And you know, I told our staff... You know, not the biggest deal in the world. I get it. I can buy another dryer. I don't want to, <laughs> but I can buy another dryer. And it's not just that we have dirty clothes, because when you have little kids, you actually have poopy clothes. Like we have poop on our clothes. So it's not just like, oh yeah, dirty laundry, I'll get to it. No, like you have to wash it now. <laughs> like it's crazy. And so all this is going on. If, if, and of course, we're we're contributing and I'm helping organize some people and teams like meeting up at Sam's to help aid in the relief of Hurricane Harvey. And so there's just a lot going on at our house, at our church, and I'm kind of juggling everything and just thinking like, what am I going to talk about and what am I going to say and what am I going to do? 
And, and I just felt the Lord even tell me this, which we might touch on it in the message, but honestly, I'm not even sure if I have a message. I'm just going to talk and keep preaching and share a couple stories and see what happens. But, but I read this story in 2 Kings 4, that it, it's a story of Elisha and the widow's oil. And in this particular story, the widow obviously lost her husband. That's why she's a widow. And she has a, a son, or she has two sons, and the creditors are coming to collect because they owe things to the creditors. So they're coming to actually collect her sons and take them so that they can work and do this. And so she knows she's got to have something. All she has is oil. She has a little bit of oil and she's running out. And Elisha comes to her and he says, hey, here's what you should do. Go ask all your neighbors for empty vessels, for empty jars and containers, and God will continue to fill this oil. And then it says this, that, he, that God just continued to fill and fill and fill until you could pay off that debt and have enough to live on. So it's an amazing miracle where God shows up and pours out. And then it says this, when all, all the jars were full, the oil stopped flowing. And I felt God just speak to me and say, look, look, I don't need you to bring your fullness. I need you to bring your emptiness. Like, like the way that God fills us is when we become empty. So you can have amazing things that God's doing in your life and blessing, uh, maybe financial, maybe money's coming into you. Do you know the way that you keep getting it is if you give it? And you just keep emptying yourself. Maybe have amazing support and community and relationships. And if you will continue as you receive that to be that, God will continue to fill you. But there's actually this, this interesting thing where we're, we're growing and he's filling us and we're excited and amazing things are happening. But it's like this paradox where we also have to understand like we're just empty and broken. <laughs> I don't know what to do all the time. And I, I found myself in this place this weekend like, Lord, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And I, I don't know how to be any other way than just be me and, and just be where I'm at. So I'm like, Lord, you just have to speak. And I was praying about what to share and I just felt the Lord just start right there. He said, hey, I just need you to chill out <laughs> and just be empty and let me pour out. And so that's what I'm believing for today. And I do want to share a couple passages with you. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Kings 17. We're going to read first verse 1 through 7. And then in a minute, we're going to read verse 8 through 16. So I don't know if we actually have that because in addition to everything else going on, our internet went out at our house then I went to the church to study yesterday, and the power went out at the church. Jesus! <laughs> take the wheel, take the whole car, take my house, take... Like, come on, people. This is real life. I'm not trying to make light of the hurricane, but I had a little bit of my own. Harvey's sister showed up or something. <laughs> we got it. We made it somehow. Let's read this and see what happens. 1 Kings 17. Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord the God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years, except by my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, Depart from here and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Verse 5. Can we, can we go to the next one if we have it? Make it happen. I'm going to pull out my Bible. Okay, we're going to read from the Bible. 
You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those weeks. <laughs> Devil can't get me down, y'all. <laughs> Verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And after a while, the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Now we're going to pause right there, and we're going to continue in a few minutes and read verse 7 and read about the direction God gave him next. But let's just go back and unpack this a little bit. And can I just tell you this right now? God has a solution to every problem before the problem even exists. So the solution requires faith. So God knows what's going to happen. He knows there's going to be a drought, and he already has a plan. So can I just help you no matter what you're going through, no matter what you will go through, God knows it all. He sees it all, and he's actually always preparing you for what he has prepared for you. He's always moving and speaking. Nothing catches God off guard. It doesn't matter. He always has a plan. So he speaks, and he tells Elijah what to do, and it just reminds me of so many times, he's not going to give you every single detail because God actually requires faith. You know, this is what he requires from us. And I remember even moving, nearly every time I've moved, it's required faith. I remember God told me to go to Bethel in Redding, California. And it's like, I'm going to drive 2,500 miles across the country and go to this culture that's radical and believing for signs, wonders, and miracles. And I know it's going to change my life, but it's this whole new journey. I don't know anybody there, but I'm just going after the presence. So I step out in faith and go, and he shows up. Remember moving to Midland. Can you just be honest? If you're not from Midland, that's a little bit of faith. <laughs> Actually, maybe a whole lot depending on where you come from. But if you're, hey, hey, hey. If you're from Midland, I'm not hating, I'm not hating. I'm just saying, there's no water, no trees, not much grass. It's like we're moving up, you know, synergy's here, saving the day. But in Odessa, you're like, why don't they build that one here? I don't, okay, well, you know, whatever. We're trying. But it requires faith. Jesus, help me. Help me preach this message. So he speaks to him, and he tells him what to do, and he tells him to step out in faith. God has a solution to every problem before the problem even exists, but it requires your faith. Did you notice in, first, in, in verse 5, it says, So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Why is the hardest thing to do sometimes just what Jesus said? But if we're being honest, it is. The reason is because it requires faith. You're like, okay, so there's going to be a drought. This is where I'm going to go, and I'm going to go to this brook. So I know there's water. I'm going to get water. That's great. Um, but birds are going to feed me? Like, I know it's bird season now, but it's not like he was hunting dove and eating the dove. Like, the birds were bringing him food. Like, could, do you ever just feel like when you read the Bible... Like Jesus is a teacher in the classroom and you're sitting behind the desk and you're like waving your hand like slow down, stop talking, I don't understand, but he just keeps talking. You're like, um, objection, <laughs> question, how are the birds going to feed me, Jesus? How's that going to happen? But he's constantly speaking 
and it requires faith. So let's pick up, and now we're going to read verse 8. So verse 7 we finish. After a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. And verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Like, that, like that's one of those right there. You've commanded a widow, but does she know that? Like you commanded her to feed me, but like question, Lord, does she know that? Like is she wrestling with her faith too? Like, or is she good? Like I'm just, like this is just real talk, people. Verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath. He just stepped out and did it. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. That probably helped, right? When he showed up, she was right there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Like he's pretty direct. Have you ever thought about that? Like this guy just goes for it. Hey, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Oh, while you're at it, bring me some food. She said, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went away and did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent Neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord that spoke to Elijah. God's response to our need is always an opportunity to use our faith. So if you think about it, I love this story for many reasons. One of the reasons is just look at the picture of Elijah. He's this prophet of God that hears God and has to live by faith. He's this radical guy that's always living by faith, stepping out by faith, and he's kind of he's riding solo. He doesn't have a family, doesn't talk about his family and all this. And here you have a widow who was married, at least has one son. She has a family, so they're different ages, uh, different backgrounds, and God brings them together, this man and woman. And you know what's interesting? All she has is a little bit, but she does have something. She has food. And that's what Elijah needs. But did you know what Elijah has that she needs? Faith. And I think it's such a cool picture that so many times God is trying to bring people together from these different backgrounds. Did you know the whole opposites attract? Is any, anybody in here married that can attest to that? <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I probably shouldn't even go there. My wife's not here today. It's like, you know, I don't know if any, any of you are like me where you're just like, yeah, we have so many things in common before we got married. So many things in common. It's like she was an athlete. We both play college sports. Like we'll always have that in common. Our kids will probably be athletes and it's in their blood. It's in our family. Like, and then you keep going and you're like, yeah, I think we like some of the same movies. And then you get married and you're like, what happened? <laughs> like, who are you? Like, you don't, no, we don't like all the same movies. I'll just watch a romantic comedy every now and then. That's the 
only thing you watch. All the time, I'm like, we're not. We're actually not alike at all. We're completely opposite. But I think God does this. I think that God is always trying to bring different people together. And sometimes when we reject that, we're rejecting the community he has for us. Do you know God's heart is that we would have diversity you can have the same hobbies, commonalities, likes, and interests, and all that's amazing, and that actually helps with intimacy and connection. But at the same time, I think true community has diversity. And so God brings them together. He brings them from these different paths, and he's like, hey, you have need, and you have need. Did you know God knew that before? He directed them perfectly together, and something else that's interesting is she was done. She's like, hey, I, 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 hang on, I can get you a little bit of water. I have a little bit of water, but... I can't get you any food. Like I have, I mean like just a little bit, a little bit of flour, a little bit of oil. I'm going to make our last meal and we're done. She's hopeless. <laughs> have any of you ever felt hopeless before? Like, like you don't have anything really to give. You're just like, I, I don't, maybe I have a little bit. I just want to ask you two questions today. What needs do you have and what little are you holding on to? What needs do you have in your life and what little are you holding on to? Because can we just make it really practical? I think there are times in your life, how, how many of you have felt like you've been in seasons where you just lacked encouragement? You're like, I, I just, I need some support, some relationship, people to come alongside me to be encouraged. I'm just constantly feeling discouraged and I don't know what's going on. And the Lord's like, yeah, yeah, okay, so you need encouragement. So how about this? In your time of need, sow a seed. So, so all you have, you're like, Lord, you don't understand. Like, I barely have anything. I'm barely going to make it. I feel like I don't have anything. Why is it that God shows up at that time knowing you're in desperate need and asks you for something? Like, God sends Elijah to her, and she's like, I'm preparing to die, and you need help from me? Like, what can I give you? What little do you have that you might be holding on to? Can I just tell you this? When you don't use it, you lose it. So you know this. If any, anybody's worked out, maybe you're like me where you used to work out a lot when you're younger. <laughs> you're in high school. You're like, you have this muscle and definition. And it's building up. And then you stop. And you're like, what's happening? What's happening to my body? And I think we go through this. We understand it in a natural sense like that. But it's the same emotionally, spiritually. If we're just holding on to it, we're like, Lord, no, like, like maybe you need, you need a breakthrough, and you're like, I, I'm in financial debt. I have lack in my life. I don't know what to do. Like, like I hardly have any money, so I need money, and God's like, yeah, just, just use that little bit you have. You're like, no, it is totally not normal. Your natural inclination is like, mm-mm, don't touch it. This is mine. Like, I, I, I can't tithe because I can't pay my bills. And God's like, actually, it's the only way you'll be able to if you do it. Like, he's always requiring faith. He's requiring us to step out and use the little that we have. And I tell you, there, there have been so many times in my life, even through the church, where I feel like I need advice, I need direction. And I have friends, you know. I'll talk to Braden and Leanne. I'll, I'll call some of my friends that maybe pastors or other leaders and um, People living for God. So I will seek counsel and I will do all that, but I still, I'm human, I'm real. I have these times where I'm like, I really need to hear. I really need direction. And it's so funny 
because it's like in those times, I'll have the most counseling sessions I've ever had in my life that I'm doing. And as I begin to advise and give instruction and communicate and counsel, God speaks through me to me. So I'm like, Lord, I hardly got anything to say to them today. Like they're struggling, but I'm struggling too. What am I going to say? And he's like, just make yourself empty. (laughs) I'll fill you up. And whatever little you have, just continue to give it, and I'll give you more. If you don't use it, you lose it. But if you do use it, you gain it. He multiplies it, and he increases it. This is who God is. We all have needs. Can I just say that? It's not going to stop until heaven comes to earth, fully manifest in the second coming of Jesus. We're all going to have need. But did you know this? God's not moved by need. Wait, 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 wait. So God has a heart (laughs) for you sin and what's going on and for my life and the pain in my life and the things that I'm going through, absolutely. But you know he's not moved by need because heaven has no need and heaven is inside him. So Paul said in Philippians, God will supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ. He's not moved by need because he has a solution and answer to every need inside of him so he knows when you continue to seek him and you continue to follow him all your needs will be met hebrews eleven six 6 says without faith it's impossible to please god because anyone who comes in must believe he exists and that he's a rewarder he rewards those who diligently seek him he's moved by faith not by need What needs do you have in your life? And what little do you have that God is asking for? What's your flower? What's your oil that you're holding on to? And is it possible that God is just asking you to give and in your time of need, sow a seed? What would happen if every time need arises in your life, your first natural inclination isn't to hold on to what you have, but to say, man, I'm in need, I better start giving. I better start moving. I better start doing something and responding and stepping out in faith because I think as you do, you will meet the God that provides and the God that just continues to pour out his blessing. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. You know, I learned this years ago because I don't know if any of you are like me, but I didn't really like to ask for help. I feel like somebody really needs to hear this today. But I, I, I didn't like to ask for help. I'm like, it, it's pride, right? As a man, maybe especially, but I think we all wrestle with this. We're just like, I'm good. I'll figure it out. I'll be strong. I'll be tough. But, to, but God spoke to me through this scripture. It's more blessed to give than receive. And he said, when you don't ask for help, you're robbing people of being a blessing. So there's a difference in having need and being needy. We all have needs. And we all have to ask for help. And that's what community is about. You know, that's why we do life groups. There are so many amazing stories that happen through life groups. Our life group started last Sunday, I believe, and there's so many amazing groups. I would encourage all of you to get involved, but I I could sit here and tell you stories of marriages that were on the brink of divorce. I gave them a little bit of advice, told them to get connected in community. God has turned everything around. I mean, this is who he is. This is what he does. But we're not meant to do this alone. I want to read one last story toward, 
to you as we begin to close. It's Mark chapter 2, verse 1 through 7. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there. You may have heard this story. If you haven't, it's a really good one. This is a story where Jesus heals a paralytic. Verse 1 says this, And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So Jesus was traveling, doing good, healing all, preaching at healing conferences and traveling the world. Then he returns home, and then everyone shows up. Many were gathered together, so there was no more room, not even at the door, and he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. These four crazy friends said, we're going to find a way. They go to the, to the roof and remove the roof, find an opening, and lower him down on this opening. They couldn't get near him because of the crowd. They removed the roof. And when they had made an opening, they laid down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk, but that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the, para to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose immediately, picked up his bed and went out before them so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. Can I just tell you, you may not have a natural paralysis in your life, but I think if we're all being honest, every single one of us has gone through a season may currently be in a season or eventually be in a season where you just feel stuck. Like, I, I don't know what to do. And it's not even necessarily that you don't have a heart for God or a heart for the church, but you just don't know what to do. You don't know how to get to Jesus. Like, I'm trying, but I feel stuck. Can I just tell you that's where community comes in? This is how God created it. His plan was he created us for relationship with him and relationship with other people. And can I just tell you what the church is supposed to be and what Renew Life Church is? It's those four crazy friends that'll find a way. It's like I said, I could tell you story after story of thinking, uh, thinking of people that have had debt just weighing them down, marriages on the brink of divorce or gone through divorce and all, all these issues going on in life. But if you commit to the word of God, you commit to community. God just finds a way. But th this is the heart of God. These four crazy friends, it, you, you will have times in your life where you just can't do it on your own. You have to have a personal relationship with God. You have to spend time with God. But you also have to have friends and community that you can lean on. I think this is such a picture of what's taking place right now in Houston. It's incredible that it's such a challenge to the church. And I know that a lot of this is the church and church people. But when there's need and people are stuck, you know what God's answer is? Us. One of the other reasons he's not moved 
by need is because he's designed us to be the answer. It comes through the context of community and relationship. And we all need those friends that can carry us. You know what one of the most amazing parts too is? Notice Jesus doesn't say you're healed right off the bat. He looks at him and he says, your sins are forgiven. And did you know in that time in Jewish culture that when people were born with defects or they had physical ailments or issues or sickness or symptoms, they almost always believed it was associated with sin. So Jesus could have just said, hey, you're healed. But he knew the greater issue was the guilt and shame and insecurity that was leaving him emotionally paralyzed. It's like I said, I I don't think a, a spinal cord injury is the number one cause of paralysis. I think it's guilt and shame. And I think many of us have found ourselves there. We're like, I don't know how to keep moving. Like, like I want to go to Jesus. I want to connect with Jesus, but I'm not even sure what to do. But once again, that's where community comes in. That's where the church comes in. That's why we have life groups and small groups and encourage you all the time to be connected because you may just need some basic resources and necessities like Elijah did, but you also may have a time where you need faith and you need someone else's faith to help you and to encourage you and to pull you on and to lower you down in front of Jesus. And then Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, you're healed, and carry this mat, carry whatever it is. Isn't that incredible? Because if he was paralyzed, he didn't have any strength. So he couldn't have carried it, but God restored everything. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, in a moment, through a word. Amen. Church, can we just pray? Lord, we just thank you for what you're speaking. Lord, I I just thank you. I'm always reminded we, we can't do this alone. Your heart is that we would have community. Lord, we all have needs. And I just thank you that you have supplied, you answer us. And you've supplied all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ. So I thank you through Christ, the atmosphere of heaven is available to us. And you said to pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I just pray for a heavenly reality to manifest in each mind and heart who's here today, that they will believe all things are possible as they lean on community and lean on you. So we just receive from you now, we draw from you now, and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand for what he's doing? We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.